0: This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook podcast. Business of football. Welcome. I'm Dan Roberts, and on today's episode of Sportsbook, we're going to get into the crushing, heartbreaking phenomenon of when your local NFL team relocates. And why are they relocating? For the better media market, and because the grass is greener in some other city, and the stadium, here's the key, is going to be bigger, better, more expensive. The Rams, Chargers, Raiders, all soon to be playing in brand new, fancy, expensive stadiums. Of course, the Rams and the Chargers have already relocated to Los Angeles. The Raiders planning to relocate soon to Las Vegas. And we're talking about this at the exact right time, week three of this new NFL season. Because last week, week two, it became a very hot topic of conversation on social media, Uh, a topic of ridicule, you might say, how few fans went in person to the Rams game and the Chargers game in week two. Uh, There was a great side-by-side in a viral tweet that showed the crowd at the USC versus Texas college game Saturday night at the L.A. Coliseum, and then right next to it, the crowd at the Rams game the very next night, Sunday, in the same stadium, and it was breathtaking. It is visually stunning. And it's not what you'd expect. You would think, wow, NFL, NFL's the big draw. Well, not in this case, not in L.A. And I got to say, this is the criticism that a lot of people leveled at these teams when they said they wanted to move to L.A. The St. Louis Rams, the San Diego Chargers. Everyone said, wait a minute, there likely isn't a big enough market of fans for one L.A. NFL team, much less two. And we will get into it, uh, whether in fact that's true, whether it's going to be a disaster that, that fans aren't going to these games so far. And we're going to talk to Professor Andrew Zimbalist, who's written about this.
1: You're using up that 65, um, 70, 80 acres of land uh, in, in order to accommodate events that are happening uh, 15 days out of 365. It's, it's, it's not a very good economic proposition.
0: We're talking about stadiums that now cost more than $1 billion to build, soon more than $2 billion for some of these. Uh, if you look at the most expensive six NFL stadiums, All of them coming up recently because the price is obviously skyrocketing. Uh, Cowboys Stadium, $1.2 billion back in 2009. And at that time, people thought that was crazy. But then in 2010, $1.6 billion to MetLife Stadium where the Giants and Jets play. In 2014, Levi's Stadium, $1.3 billion where the Niners play. Then, new this year, $1.6 billion for the Mercedes-Benz Stadium where the Atlanta Falcons play. Uh, There will also be an MLS soccer team playing there. And then you get to the two newest ones that are projected that are coming down the pipeline raiders stadium in las vegas 1.9 billion right now certainly will end up higher than 2 billion and hollywood park stadium where the rams and chargers will share a home 2.6 billion in projected cost wow and by the way speaking from personal experience i was just in atlanta a few weeks back uh, to see the new stadium we did a yahoo finance video shoot in the new stadium and when i was there the old stadium hadn't been torn down yet And to stand outside and see the two right next to each other was really eye-popping and weird. I mean, the old stadium, where the Falcons played as recently as last season, looks like a shack, a hovel, a beat-up farmhouse next to this giant, glitzy Mercedes-Benz stadium. What better place to start than with the Oakland Raiders, soon to be the Vegas Raiders, planning a $1.9 billion stadium in Las Vegas right near the Strip. And we should say that's just the estimated cost right now. I think that will almost certainly end up topping $2 billion. $750 million of that is a city-approved subsidy from the local government. And I think that's the part that fans tend to get outraged over. You see all these people on Twitter and they say, oh, $750 million. this is crazy, this is insane, it's eye-popping. And, you know, it really is. And so you have to wonder, what's in it for the local government? Why do they think that having this stadium is going to benefit the local economy? Uh, You'll hear from our guests later on that often it doesn't benefit the local economy. Uh, The Olympics are a good comparison. Host cities always want to have the Olympics. It's great for optics. During the Olympics, you get a lot of media coverage. You get tourism. But then they've built these new venues and they sit dormant for years, decades after the Olympics. Uh, We've seen this happen in Greece. It's going to happen in Rio. Rio. And the argument, of course, for hosting it in L.A. in 2028 is we've already got the venues so we don't have to build new infrastructure. We'll see. Maybe that's the case. But similarly with football, these stadiums are getting so big and expensive and they're not used all year round. So you wonder if it's really worth it in the end. Of course, the retort to that is we can host things other than football there, especially in Las Vegas. I've heard the argument that we can have fights there. We can have MLS games. We can have Premier League friendlies. We can have concerts. Sure, that may be the case, but at the end of the day, it's going to be seen as an NFL stadium, and so you wonder about the optics of it. Of course, the team owners that choose to move to a new city and and scrabble and beg to get the money for the stadium, they don't really care about optics, do they? It also goes hand-in-hand with the perceived value of franchises, right? And if you're an owner, if you're someone like Stan Kroenke, owner of the Rams, who of course has alienated St. Louis fans now, probably doesn't care, you know that Moving to a new market, especially if it's a bigger media market, and getting a brand-new, big, glitzy stadium built instantly increases the value of your investment. You know, he could turn around and sell the team in five years for a lot more than he paid for it. And so these things go hand-in-hand. If you look at the past 14 major American sports franchises to sell, they always sell for significantly higher than their most recent valuation – And the best number to use is probably the Forbes valuation. I always give the caveat that these numbers are wildly ballparked. They're total estimates. But they tend to lowball the team. And that's fair. And and maybe it just shows that owning an American sports team, and I'm really just talking NFL, MLB, NBA, is like one of the last remaining guaranteed safe investments. It's almost a sure thing that five to ten years later, you can turn around, resell the team for more than you paid. Most recent team to sell. Mariners, in August 2016, sold for $1.26 billion for a 90% stake. That values the team at $1.4 billion. That's $200 million more than the most recent Forbes valuation, $1.2 billion. Now, Nintendo, led by President Hiroshi Yamachi, had bought the team back in 1992. What did they pay? $125 million. So, 92, 02, 12, we're talking less than 25 years later. A $125 million investment sells at a $1.4 billion valuation. How about the Nets? Let's look at the NBA. Bruce Ratner paid $300 million for the team in 2004, sold it for $1.6 billion. That includes, of course, Barclays Arena years later. Another NFL team, the Bills, 2014. Forbes had tagged the Bills as the second least valuable franchise, $935 million. Team sold for $1.1 billion in 2014. These are investments that will always accrue regardless of how the team plays. Doesn't matter if the team sucks. In baseball, you can look at the Miami Marlins, most recent American team to sell, likely to sell for $1.2 billion. And that price tag surprises people because the Marlins suck. The stadium has been made to look garish and horrible. There's a statue in the outfield that everyone hates. It doesn't matter because investors see an American major team. As a sure thing. And the reason team values relate to stadium financing is because A, local city governments are increasingly willing to help fund these projects. They believe that having this big stadium will be a boon to the local economy. B, the team believes, or hopes at least, that fans will flock to the new stadium. Of course, there are big doubts about that in Los Angeles right now, but certainly the team believes that at least at the beginning, fans are going to come out for the attraction of the new stadium. And C, The team instantly becomes more valuable because it now has this property. The owner has this valuable stadium under his portfolio the second it opens. Whether or not fans are going, that increases the value of the franchise. Now, there is one thing that might slow this process, and that is the ongoing fragmentation of cable. But you're going to hear from Andrew Zimbalist about why the falling ratings and the fragmentation of cable might actually impact the valuation of franchises. Well, my guest today is Andrew Zimbalist, economics professor at Smith College. Andrew has written books on the economic impact of the Olympics, the impact of new stadiums, and he joins me now to discuss as it relates to the NFL. Uh, You know, we're looking at most recently the news with the Raiders and the Oakland Raiders agreeing to move to Las Vegas. They've been given that approval. They're planning a $1.9 billion stadium. I'm sure that cost will just keep rising. And I think the Part of this that has grabbed people's attention is the $750 million subsidy from the local city government. Uh, What is it about these subsidies? Why do they believe that this is the right thing to do to support a new stadium? Is there always a guaranteed positive impact? Certainly
1: not. Um, Look, generally what's going on here is that you have a local government, a mayor, a city council, sometimes county government, uh, that... Is beholden to certain industries, and the the largest employer in a typical urban environment is the construction industry. Um, so, construction executives are very happy to to have new stadiums being built. Uh, construction trade unions are very happy to have new stadiums being built. Usually, there are some banks locally that, or even nationally, that have local branches that will be involved in in floating the bonds that will support the financing for the stadium they'll be happy to have it done maybe some architectural firms maybe some hospitality companies so all of these companies come together with the owner of the team and and they lobby for a new stadium and and they generally have a great deal of of economic clout and and, and political influence um, the the typical deal particularly if we're talking about football is you're building a stadium, you're using somewhere between forty and a hundred acres when you include the tailgating and the parking Oof. facilities. Um you're you're spending these days, as you point out, uh, one and a half or two billion dollars uh to build the stadium somewhere in the neighborhood of half of that is is, is likely to be public money. Um a stadium, a football stadium with a capacity of uh, 65,000 to 75,000 people is going to be used um, 10 to 15 times a year out of 365 days. <laughs> the, rest, the rest of the year, it's going to be sitting idle. Um, and so you're using you're using up that 65, um, 70, 80 acres of land uh, in, in order to accommodate events that are happening uh, 15 days out of 365. It's 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 not a very good economic proposition. And the vast majority of the money that gets spent at the stadium is, is spent by local residents who would otherwise be using their leisure budget to uh, go to local restaurants, go to local theater, go to the bowling alley. So the money would be spent anyway, or the, the, the bulk of the money would be spent anyway. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 47 percent, uh, for a typical team, 47 percent of the team revenue is going to the players. The players are unlikely to live in the local community, so they're Go taking their, their money elsewhere. At the end of the day, it's it's not a very good economic proposition. Now, that's a generalization. There, there are particular cases where the stadiums have been privately financed, where the owner of the team is not only privately financing a stadium, but is committing to making investments in in, in the surrounding property for res- residential development or commercial development or retail development. Um, and so sometimes, uh, given the particular circumstances of the financing and of the development plans and the needs of the city, sometimes you can get a positive kick from, or positive effect from, from uh, associating with, with a football stadium project. But it's not the typical the typical case.
0: Yeah, you hear so often the argument that it will boost the local economy, and as you say, many of the people who will spend money at the stadium, the truth is they're likely to spend money in the area anyway. Uh, You've written a lot about this problem as it relates to the Olympics. We see host cities build new venues, and then they're left dormant after the Olympics leave, and it sits dormant. I mean, is there an argument that in the NFL it's a different case because obviously it's not just football games – Increasingly, they're used for MLS games. That's what's going to happen with the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Uh, You can host concerts there. I heard this argument from some of the people involved in the planned Vegas NFL stadium, that it's going to be a lot more than an NFL stadium. Maybe you could even have boxing events. Uh, As you say, there are some examples where it does turn out that this is the case. But for the most part, is the economic impact promise and argument overblown?
1: oh it's it's vastly overblown and l- let's let's talk about some of the other events that can happen there M- mls whatever might happen in atlanta mls at this point in its history is is looking for stadiums that have 25 to 30,000 capacity it's not auspicious to have a soccer game in a facility that holds 70,000 people because then you have uh, 50% or 60% or 70% of the uh, of the seats are vacant. Um, that's, that's a bad image for the people who are at the ballpark or at the stadium. That's a bad image for people who are watching the game on television. Uh, you you'd like to have this, the seats being hot items. They have, have to be scarce. Right. It's supposed to be a great thing. Gee, I have tickets to the soccer game tonight. Uh, but if, if there's gonna be 50% or 70% of the seats empty all the time, then it's no longer a hot ticket item, and, and that hurts the buzz around, around the team. Teams don't want to be in that situation. Uh, boxing, uh, I don't know. We, maybe if we can turn the clock back to the 1950s and have uh, Floyd Patterson fighting or, right. or Muhammad Ali fighting in the 1970s, we, we could fill up a football stadium, but it's not likely in this day and age that it's going to happen at all. If it did happen, it would happen maybe once a year. Uh, concerts, uh, yeah, you could do three or four of those. So when I said 15 times a year, I was counting eight home games for the NFL, two two preseason games, and, and then another five events. Uh, that's probably a reasonable estimate. Uh, you still have 365 days in the year. So if you use it 15 times, even add another five, 20 days out of 365. And the the other 345 days, the stadium and, and the affiliated 50 acres or 70 acres, whatever it's going to be, is sitting dark. Uh, when you when you have that amount of acreage sitting dark, then it it invites things like crime. It invites things like un- underworld activity. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not auspicious for the city's uh, development.
0: Yeah, and when we talk about these subsidies, and there's certainly an optics issue, where whenever news comes out of a new stadium and the amount that's going to be given by the local city government, the media has a big backlash, and a lot of fans say this is an outrage. You know, or you're wasting taxpayers' money. And so my question there would be, other than that economic impact argument. Is there some reason, maybe it's just the look of, hey, we're an important city, we host a sports team, but what are the other reasons that a city would want a big new NFL stadium to be built?
1: Well, I mean, the main reason you, you want the stadium is because you want the team. And the main reason you want the team is because in, in United States culture these days, and it's true in many in country, countries around the world for other sports, in our culture these days, uh, football is particularly prominent. It's also true to lesser degrees with baseball and basketball, and perhaps hockey. But what what a, what a sports team does is it provides some uh, coherence to the city's culture. It it provides a a, a common thread that helps people in the community relate to each other. It enhances the city's identity. So you go you know you go to the water cooler, the proverbial water cooler at work during the day. And you you talk to your your workmates by saying, "Hey, did you see the game last night? Did you see the great uh, the great touchdown in the fourth quarter? Whatever it might be, uh, people now have have a way to relate to each other uh, that's that's meaningful to them, and it it provides them with a sense of community. They're all experiencing not all of them, but a large percentage of the people in the community are experiencing the football team or experiencing the baseball team." Uh, And uh, that's—we all want community. We're we're social beings as human beings, and we want to relate to other people. And this gives us an easy way to do that. So that's uh, that's a a very important function, it seems to me. Uh, Now, some people might argue that, gee, it's too bad. We we need other kinds of culture instead of football culture. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, But uh, you know, so be it. We 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 have we have certain kinds of commitments and. Uh, and preferences in our society, and football, for the moment anyway, happens to be one of them, and so it does. It creates it creates this sense of community, and uh, and cultural enrichment, if you will, and and so that's that's a positive. And and you know we don't cities don't don't sit around and say should we should we build and maintain Central Park in Manhattan because it's going to help our economy. That's not why you have Central Park. You have Central Park for cultural reasons. Yeah. And and so a similar argument I think can be made for sports teams.
0: Uh, when you talk about the rising costs of stadiums, I mean, I mentioned the planned Vegas Stadium, one point nine billion is the current estimate. But then there's also this Rams Stadium in LA that they're planning. Right. Uh, the Rams are going to move there, and also eventually the Chargers, right. uh, and that team has announced that they're going to share that stadium. Right. The recent estimates on that two point six billion. Right. And you wonder if there's a ceiling here. Uh, you know, is there any ceiling here for the cost of these stadium projects?
1: Uh, well. I I think the ceiling is is what we're seeing at this point in Inglewood. Uh, Stan Kroenke is is a very wealthy man. Uh he's involved has been involved in real estate development. He sees himself uh building not only a football stadium but other sports uh, other sports venues and commercial and residential real estate around around this the stadium in Inglewood. Uh, he 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 bought dozens and dozens of of acres of land in order to be able to do this so and he 's the one who 's financing it by the way so this is not involving public at least at right. least for the construction part of it it 's not involving public finance um, and one one of the certainly one of the features of of sports stadium construction and arena construction in the last fifteen or twenty years is that it 's part of a larger real estate project that uh, that offers uh, large potential returns, and what often have you call these things generally private-public partnerships, and what it, what it usually means is that much of the upfront and visible costs are paid for in the by the private sector, uh, but then the public sector will do things like give away the land or sell the land very cheaply and and give long-term tax property tax exemptions. And provide for low-interest financing for it, and politically, it's more palatable because the the public subsidy is usually hidden. It's not it's not, the, you know, the mayor writing a check off of the city budget. It's the mayor granting uh, land land use, um, or 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 tax exemptions. So there's there's no obvious direct cost.
0: As more and more teams want to relocate to supposedly better markets, mm-hmm. where there's going to be more media money, maybe, and and it's all about the owners wanting obviously, to have a bigger presence. Uh, Kroenke's a good example. I think the owner of the Raiders is a good example. Is there any fallout in terms of, for the league, the optics of this, Uh, especially with two teams in the last year announcing a move to LA? Uh, Fans just say, boy, you're abandoning the, the city where you've been for years. You know, St. Louis fans are furious. San Diego Chargers fans are furious. Does it matter in the end?
1: Well, look. I mean, this has been going on since the early nineteen fifties. It started in Major League Baseball, and it, it has accelerated, particularly uh, with the modern stadium cycle that that began, probably most properly. Dated back to Camden yards in nineteen ninety two in Baltimore, uh, there have been teams moving and in fact the the rate of teams moving has probably slowed down a little bit in recent years, although as you point out this last year in the NFL there are three teams and the nFL is interest it's an interesting case because the NFL has a lot of a lot of uh, revenue sharing um, and you know a large chunk of their money comes from the national media contract that's shared equally across all the teams. Teams basically get to keep their stadium revenue and they share 34% of the ticket revenue, but they get to keep the uh, the amenities charge on luxury boxes and club seats. They get to keep all of the sponsorship money and signage money from the ballpark. They get to keep all the concessions and catering money from the ballpark. There is no revenue sharing on those revenue sources. So the stadium situation is particularly important for NFL teams. The other thing that's pushing this in the NFL is, is that the NFL has had since the late 1990s loan programs. First it was called the G3, and now it's called the G4, where teams can get up to a $200 million. They call it a loan, but essentially it's a a grant that the NFL gives to the the owner to support new stadium development. And the collective bargaining agreement has a clause in there that basically uh, has the payers helping to contribute to these grants that are made to to team uh, stadium building. So there are particular circumstances in the NFL that that is encouraging that. Uh, it's it's also interesting and important to note that the NFL charges teams a lot of money to move. Right. Uh, the NFL takes the position and has has the view that all of the potential markets in the United States belong to the NFL. They're NFL assets, and if they let a team use one of those assets by moving to a city such as Los Angeles, the NFL charges them money, and I think the charge. For uh, both the Raiders and and the Rams, moving from St. Louis and and, uh, San Diego to Los Angeles, I think the charge is somewhere in the order of $650 million each. Um, So there's also also a a lot of internal financing and politics that gets played out.
0: It's almost like a, a punishment fee.
1: Yes. Well, it's 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 you could call it a punishment fee and you could say the NFL could then say, well, you see, we're actually discouraging uh, teams from moving. And, and that's probably right. Uh, but really, I, I think economically what's going on is the NFL has had the attitude going back to the early 1980s and, and the first Raiders move that uh, the, the different cities in the United States are assets that the NFL owns. And if the NFL <laughs> allows allows one of the teams to use those assets, they charge them money for it.
0: Right. There's something ridiculous sounding about that idea. Yeah, but yes. I agree. One aspect of stadium financing that I think a lot of fans don't necessarily understand is the granting of PSLs, uh, personal seat licenses. Right. Can you tell us exactly how that comes into play with the costs of building a new stadium?
1: Basically, you know, a permanent seat license is... The the sale by the owner of the team to to fans the ability to purchase a seat they still have to purchase it year after year but it's a particular seat that uh, a fan owns as a license in order to own that license the fan has to pay the owner money to buy the license and uh, the, the the owner can charge five thousand or ten thousand or more dollars for the right to be able to purchase a seat usually the right lasts for something like 20 or 30 years sometimes it's a little shorter sometimes it's in perpetuity uh but by by doing this the owner can raise money from the fans before they actually play any games because they're they're selling the fans the right to buy a seat each season uh now Part of the, so this is, this is a financing mechanism that owners use. But part of the problem with that mechanism is that if the owner gets money for the seat up front before the team ever steps on the field, then the owner has less incentive to put a winning product on the field. And, and hence, in, in that way, this is a financing mechanism that works a little bit against the fans, at least in terms of the incentives it generates, works a little bit against the fans' interests.
0: If you look 10 years down the road... We've talked about how all in just two years, three NFL teams have planned to relocate. Uh, We've got two mega expensive behemoth stadiums being built on the horizon. If you look at the NFL in the next 10 years, is this phenomenon going to increase or slow down in terms of teams moving and obtaining public financing for giant new venues?
1: You know, I I, I think that uh, the major new element that sports leagues are confronting is is not the new stadiums because that's just been an incremental process frankly and i think that that incremental process is likely going to continue but it's it's going to be incremental it's going to be gradual the new the real new story on the horizon is what's happening in the television and the media market uh... because as we all know the the traditional model that has been that has evolved over the last 20 or 30 years of, of uh, cable distribution is now being reconfigured. And so I anticipate that when the current cycle of, of rights, fees, contracts expires, and it's, it'll be different for different teams and different leagues, but basically we're looking at the next four or five or six years. When that expires, I anticipate either stagnating or falling television revenue, and, and that's going to, I think, be a significant uh, jolt to the economics of all of the sports leagues.
0: Well, and those two trends are related, right? Because if cable continues to be fragmented, you wonder if it becomes a less valuable proposition to own a team.
1: Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that ultimately this is going to redound on the, the value of franchises.
0: Great. Thanks, Andrew. When you see these numbers and the costs of these new stadiums, I think the initial gut reaction for any sports fan is is to roll their eyes or say, this is crazy, this is an outrage. I mean, a $1.9 billion stadium in Vegas for the Raiders, a $2.6 billion stadium in L.A. for the Rams and the Chargers. It's crazy. And indeed, the headlines at sports blogs reflect this. Uh, Deadspin has been all over this as it relates to the Vegas Raiders. here's some of their headlines. The Raiders robbed Las Vegas in America's worst stadium deal. The Raiders are moving to Las Vegas, and it stinks. The Las Vegas Raiders are screwed. The Raiders found someone to pay for the rest of their big, dumb stadium. And I understand that initial reaction, but I think you have to keep in mind, once the stadium is built, once the team starts playing... It's not going to matter. The narrative is not going to matter anymore. Fans are going to come, at least at the beginning, when it's a big spectacle and it's a new destination. Later on, will they keep coming? Will the games sell out? Maybe not. Maybe the games will even be empty. Uh, we're seeing evidence of that potentially in LA and in Las Vegas. People believe there won't be a strong enough base of NFL fans, but it won't really matter. Once the stadium is up, it has made the franchise and the team more valuable. Uh, it will eventually make the owner richer, so the owner's happy, and the low- Local economy, Maybe it doesn't get the boom that it expected, but they're not going to tear the thing down. They can turn around five years later, sell the team for more, and that's all that really matters at the end of the day. It's all white noise. So when we talk about these eye-popping numbers and you wonder if there's a ceiling on this and if the stadiums are going to get less expensive, the cynical view, but I believe it, is it doesn't matter. The NFL is not slowing down anytime soon. Yes, we've seen a ratings dip. Yes, there's head injuries. There are more negative storylines relating to the NFL than ever before. But you know what? Americans love their football. That is a guarantee. And that's why owning an NFL team is a guaranteed smart investment right now. And that relates to the stadiums. You know, these new stadiums are going to keep getting built. Uh, we're seeing a phenomenon where the Super Bowl is only hosted at stadiums that are relatively new. So it's almost like you build the new stadium and there's a guaranteed promise inherent in it that in the next four seasons, you'll get to host a Super Bowl. And in the end, it's like, you know, I'm left with feeling like the NFL owners win. The NFL team owners keep winning and winning, and they're always going to win. And I don't think they care about this negative backlash when they announce that their new stadium is going to cost $2 billion and that almost a billion of it is going to come from public financing. It doesn't matter. If you disagree, please find me on Twitter at ReadDanWright. Find me on Facebook, comment on our stories, send me an email, and let me know why I'm wrong. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there. We're on all the platforms, and we'll see you next time. Bye.